Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Two Black Guys with Good Credit, the show for the financially curious and the financially knowledgeable. Hut, hut, what? Go deep, Matt. Go, Matt, I'm, Matt, I'm, go, go, go. I'm long. going long. I'm, I'm going, going long. long. You're going long? <laughs> Is that what we're doing today, Sean? We, we, you're sending a, a little subliminal message here? Karen, you understand Not what that me. means? Not to me. Nope. Not to you to get that message? Nope. You didn't get it? It's barely English, and I don't understand it. Football references don't fly with you, Karen. <laughs> oh, is that what it was? Thank you guys for bringing me in. I guess since Karen's not getting it, man, I had to bring back our, my old-time bosom buddy, my friend, the original Prath Ready from Cadence. We're doing another Cadence show, Matt. Market Watch with Cadence. I'm ready. I'm always ready for that. Karen, are you ready for that? Do you understand that one? I stay ready for Market Watch with Cadence. Are you kidding me? I plan my month around it. <laughs> Well, this episode, Matt, we are going, we're talking about long-term interest rates and, and, the, and what's happening and what all this means that the U.S. Treasury note, it may, this may sound foreign to some, to some people, climbed to 1.3% for the first time since February 2020. And the 30-year bond also hit high levels. So with that being said, Prath, I was getting nervous. Should we be panicking that inflation is around the corner and these historically low interest rates are about to rise? There's no need to panic. Come on. Typical craft. Craft stays God. on brand. Got to be, be slow and steady here. I'm I'm deep downfield waiting for the Hail Mary pass out here as we go back. <laughs> Rath, I can't even begin to imagine, imagine you panicking over anything. I'm, I, I, I kid you not, though. At Prath's wedding, he was all over the place. He was a guy in a dance room, okay? Prath danced with everybody. Men, women, no, he child, did not. Dog. He was all over the place. Yes. Yeah, so. Prath is the calmest, most even-keeled... <sighs> Measured person, I think we've ever had on the show. See, that's different though. I was getting low on the dance floor at my wedding. I'm going. Got it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, Sean, before we before we get too deep in this, Prath, why don't you give us a quick little market watch update about what's going on in today's market? Yeah, for sure. Um, So it's been a pretty active couple weeks. Um, You know, over the course of February, there's been a lot of volatility in the equity market, thanks to kind of the top hand today. Uh, with long-term rates kind of slowly creeping up. All the stuff that we talked about last year in terms of people piling into technology stocks and high growth stocks, all that seems to be kind of slowly unwinding now at this point. 
um, and you know those positions are being uh, kind of uh, turned over in favor for kind of old economy stocks, if you will, and stuff that might be better positioned as we come out of COVID. Um, and we can kind of talk more about, you know, why long-term rates impact the valuations on some of these high-flying growth and technology stocks for sure. All right. Well, thanks for that update, Prath. And, and now let, let's, let's transition back to Sean's going long uh, theme of today's show. Or in layman's terms, or should I say in Karen's terms? You guys, that was uncalled <laughs> that for. That's Karen with an E. It's just so you like Christ. It's Karen with an E. It wasn't strictly necessary, but okay. <laughs> All right, my, my bad. In layman's terms, Brad, what exactly are long-term interest rates? Give us a brief definition. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, long-term rates refer to uh, what we call kind of, you know, long-term benchmark rates. And these are kind of treasury bonds that, that are outstanding out there. Um, treasury bonds are, are literally, you know, kind of debt the government issues on an ongoing basis to fund, you know, w- whatever the government needs to fund on an ongoing basis. Um, and so this is typically kind of 10-year bonds and 30-year bonds when we think about long-term rates. Uh, why it's really important is that long-term rates really drive a lot of financial products that, that consumers and individuals, like everybody here listening on this call, um, you know, uh, evaluate on a regular basis, whether it's mortgage rates or car loans or, you know, anything that's kind of on a longer term basis is pegged in some way, shape or form to long term rates. So as rates go up on a long term basis, you know, your 30 year fixed rate mortgage will also generally go up as well. Although there's a little bit of a lagging effect there. But there's a lot of things that you know, are tied, in, in, you know, into long term rates, not just on the consumer side, but also on the business side. Um, you know, companies typically you know, raise debt in the open market, um, in the corporate bond market, or kind of finance their uh, growth and kind of make capital investments. So when they're raising, you know, 10 and 30 year bonds to do so, and if rates are going up on a benchmark basis uh, on the treasury yield level, then their funding costs are also going to. Um, and just to kind of rewind a little bit, uh, the reason why they're called benchmark bonds is because it's the benchmark treasury rate, meaning it's the risk-free rate. If you're an investor and you're looking to park money somewhere and it's safe, then and you need to be safe, then treasury bonds are the place to park cash because you know, it's basically the US government. And so everything that's priced out there, whether it's bonds or loans um, on a long-term basis are based off of the treasuries and, and where they're trading at currently. That's why they're benchmark. So as a mortgage, you know, there's credit risk associated with whether or not you can repay that mortgage, but that's priced off of the fact that an investor on the other side, um, you know, will always be able to get that benchmark rate, and then there's the credit spread up. So long-winded way of saying there's a lot of things that are tied to long-term well, forgive the question, because it might sound ignorant, but I, I speak for the ignorant on this podcast. Why are other rates tied to this benchmark rate? Why can't they just go rogue and be whatever rate they want to be? Yeah, it's really all about relative value. So as an investor, you're always looking where you can you know, allocate your cash to. And so if you're looking to you know, put something out there for 10 years and you don't want to take on any risk whatsoever, then you put it into a 10-year bond. Um, but if you want to take on some risk and get reported for it, then you're going to put it into riskier assets like a corporate bond or like that. Um, so, you know, from a borrower's perspective, it, it's important because you need to know where benchmark rates are as a base case for what your funding cost is. And then hopefully, you know, you get the lowest possible spread above that in terms of where your funding costs. 
And just to just to break things down a little, um, we did a show a few months ago. Episode is called "It's Time to Bond." So if you really want to get understanding of more in depth about bonds, I would I would recommend that you you kind of tune, listen to that show. Um, and so bonds and what Pat Pratt more specifically treasury bonds is basically us as a general public and a way to lend the government money to do certain initiatives. And with the lending them the money, they call them and they put them in what we call a bond, and we get paid interest on that bond and. What it seems like with these long-term interest rates we're talking about, their rates have increased in long-term rates with treasury bonds or loans that we're giving to the government that are 10 plus years, correct? Perhaps anything beyond 10 mm -hmm. years. And yep. so my question is, who determines these rates? Is it determined by the, the bank? Do the feds determine these interest rates on these long-term bonds or is it more of a by the consumer, by like supply and demand? Yeah, so it's definitely more of a market-based approach. Uh, it's based on supply and demand, but it's also based on inflation expectations, which is really what's driving, you know, the recent run-up on the long-term uh, rates and, and kind of the yield curve at the long end. So explain so, that connection in past, like how, why is, why, how are they connected? How are they related? How are they cousins or sisters or brothers from another mother? Yeah, so, you know, if, if prospects in the economy are proven, like if general if generally the economy is improving and things are on the right track, um, you know, there, there's a lot of, you know, kind of pent up demand and people are spending money and, and you know, things are looking good. Uh, that's all a good thing for the economy, but that also means that, you know, there's, there's a lot more money floating around out there. And that means that goods and services that we all purchase on a day-to-day -day basis, the prices of those will tend to kind of start going up as well. And so that, that's, reflected in long-term rates because if you're going to put money to work for years or 10 years and you know the economy currently is doing well then you need to be compensated for that inflation for over the course of 10 years so you as an investor putting the money in a 30-year treasury bond you need to know that it's going to at least you know compensate or offset the inflation and in prices that you're experiencing today and so that's the reason why you know there's kind of a uh, correlation between inflation and Pratt, has the stimulus, like the COVID and all the stimulus, is that does that play, is that impacting the long-term interest rates? Yeah, I think it is to a degree, right? Because, you know, you have all these, uh, all this money in people's pockets and they're spending it now, um, or they're, you know, kind of saving it, holding on to it, uh, whatever it may be, you know, they're either, um, you know, personal goods and services today, or, you know, they're putting it into the stock market when they're saving the money. Um, so all of this translates to, you know, potential, you know, pressure on price, probably speaking, uh, across the economy. So, you know, that influx of stimulus helps the economy, helps people, and also increases inflation expectations over the long term, as long as it's all working. The good thing is that if, if it wasn't working, um, we'd know about it because long-term rates will still be really low, meaning that it's an indicator that, you know, for, uh, you know, the economy may not be on the right track. So. The silver lining here between long-term rates going up and funding costs going up is that, well, at least we know we're on the right track. So who, what actually determines the rate? I understand that it's set by the government, but is it, an, is it, does the government just say, okay, today it's this amount, or is it determined by market force and then it's set due to them? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. So, so there's regular auctions of treasuries. Um, the 30-year and the 10-year are auctioned, I believe, like every month or every couple of weeks or so, whereas, you know, shorter-term uh, treasuries are auctioned more frequently. 
Um, and these are primary markets. Is this anybody can get into these markets, or is it just is this secondary market? Yeah, this is this is a primary market. So for for brand new treasury bonds, there's an auction uh, on a periodic basis with longer term, um, you know, benchmark treasuries being auctioned less frequently than shorter term ones, and this auction process kind of sets the price. So it's all based on supply and demand. Um, once the bonds are issued, then they're actively traded on a secondary market. It's and anybody can get these. Anybody can get into this market and buy it, right? Yep, yep. If you have a brokerage account, you can actually go in there and just buy treasury bonds if you wanted to. You could just type in, you know, 10-year U.S. Treasury, and you'll probably see whatever is, you know, kind of currently outstanding, as well as what's been most recently issued. And fun fact is that when corporate bonds are priced or when mortgages are priced, um, typically you use the most recent bond as your benchmark. There's always going to be a lot of different bonds that have been recently around 10 years, but you're always using the most recent issues in your bond as well. Well, this may sound a little off topic, but isn't this how China bought off a lot of the U.S. debt? And this is why we're always indebted to China. We feel like they can mm -hmm. just, they kind of, we're the, we're, we're the puppet to them. Yeah, it's a safe haven asset. So China likes to park cash places where it knows that they can easily take that money back out if they need to, because it's the most liquid market in the world. Um, it's also just a great place to make sure that, you know, it's not at risk. And so... The U.S. government um, is still regarded as being really sound credit risk uh, across the world. So in periods of volatility or any time like something going on in the world, you'll you'll see a flood of capital come into Treasury and it actually artificially keeps the long-term interest rates low because of supply and demand forces. Which, you know, uh, from, from my standpoint, that's kind of what's been going on over the last several years. Is that you know there's been a lot of money overseas and around the world that has naturally kept rates lower uh, for the benefit of the U.S. and anyone that prices uh, debt instruments off of benchmark treasuries uh, that could get reversed over time as as you see more volatility or rather as you see economies improve, people take money out of safe havens and then put it into riskier assets, which is kind of probably what's going on right now too. Hey, Prav, question for. For the, the beginners out here who maybe have never been in the bond market, can you, you know how like with the Robinhood and all the, and the publics, like can you buy treasury bonds on like, are there uh, apps and platforms that you can buy them on? I don't know if you can buy them on Robinhood because I think Robinhood is only equities and, and options if I'm not mistaken. But if you have like, you know, a Fidelity account or, you know, any you know, non-fintech brokerage platform, um, you can buy fixed income instruments, so you can buy corporate bonds, you can buy preferred uh, securities, which are kind of debt-like instruments. So you can also just buy treasuries as well. Okay, so let me ask you this. So is what you're saying that the government will give you a higher rate of return if you lend it money for 10 years or longer? And as a corollary, what is better? Is it should you is a 10-year return or a 30-year return better? Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of subjective because, I mean, you know, you can get a higher rate of uh, return or yield typically, um, you know, on a 30-year bond versus a 10-year bond. But at the same time, you're also subject to what's called um, the duration risk. So longer-term bonds and their yields are more sensitive to prices um, than shorter-term bonds. I suppose your your age. I suppose your age might also play into that as well. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. As you get older, you're more sensitive to a lot of things, um, including in the bond world. Um, but, you know, over the last like year or so, there's been a lot of, you know, long-term bonds by like, you know, companies 
and because of like the recent spike in, in yield, um, you know, those longer term bonds are actually not doing well. They're actually hmm. underwater now at this point, and they're kind of trading below par. So no. all those guys saw a lot of losses. So, but you know, people who are invested in shorter term bonds, you're not as impacted by those price sensitivities. So that's hmm. the one thing to consider. Like if you have a, a 30 year bond that's trading at 2% and you have a 10, 10 year bond that's trading at one and a half percent, that 2% is super volatile because it's so far out in the future that any impact in kind of prevailing current rates will impact the coupon on that bond. So I think that the point of the show that we're all trying to get at and why we keep going back to bonds is how, how do long-term interest rates actually affect us on a day-to-day basis? It sounds to me like there's a trickle effect where these are, like you said, a benchmark thing that affects a lot of stuff. But honestly, concretely, in my everyday life, how would that affect me, an average person who's not in finance, doesn't hold bonds, who's just a regular person? Yeah, so I think there's really two ways that it affects you know, kind of day-to-day lives. One is that you know if you're looking to you know take out a mortgage that's long-term, it's going to impact you. So over the last year or so, the housing market's been on fire, um, and it, a large part of it has to do with the fact that interest rates have been so low at the long end of the curve, long-term interest rates. So there was a lot, there was record refinancing activity last year, for example. If you had a, you know, three and a half percent, four year, 30 year fixed mortgage, you were going out and refinancing it in the low, in, in the high 2%, the low 3% uh, all last year. And if you're in the market for a new home, then, you know, you're also getting the benefit of that. So I think that slowly starts eroding as long term interest rates go up. Uh, there is a bit of a lag effect, but, you know, generally speaking, you know, we're, we're not going to see you know, 3%, 30-year mortgages if long-term rates, you know, go beyond 3%. It's just not, it's not well, banks can't make money that way. Um, so that's one perspective. The other perspective is that in the stock market, um, you know, there's a way to value stock. And, you know, when when you value stocks that don't, um, you know, provide dividends and they're, they're kind of high growth stocks, um, there's certain modeling, certain valuation modeling that's taken into effect that uses long-term interest rates as a way to kind of discount future cash flows. And so as long-term rates go up, the value of those future cash flows go down because you're discounting those future cash flows against the risk-free rate or the long-term interest rates. And so that's the reason why we saw like, you know, Tesla and all the other big high-flying like technology stocks start taking a hit over the last, you know, week, two weeks, because all those models are now showing a, a lower price point in terms of fair value. Um, not to say that, you know, everything out there is at fair value these days. I think everything's like super inflated, but, you know, if you're doing kind of the fundamental analysis uh, and you're trying to kind of arrive at a fair value for any growth stock, all of a sudden, just because long-term rates are, are higher, that means the prices should be lower. All right, people. So we just learned from Pratt the impact long-term interest rates have on our daily lives. We have to take a quick break before we go any longer. I know we're going long, but we have to take a quick break. But when we come back, we're going to discuss how inflation plays a role in long-term interest rates. All right, so keep it locked. Stay tuned for more Two Black Guys with Good Credit, Market Watch with Cadence and our guy Prath, and we'll be right back. So keep it locked. Hey, Matt and Sean, beard check. Me? I think you're talking to Matt. My beard is flawless, Karen, and I'm an athlete. And with the athlete that I am, I keep a flawless beard all the time. If by flawless you mean patchy, Sean, then maybe you're right. But I think this is a cry out for help for you. Don't worry. We got you, Sean. 
How can you possibly, Matt, improve perfection? <clears throat> well, Sean, Matt and I have something we want to tell you. Have you ever heard of Uncle Jimmy? Uncle Jimmy? That's right, Uncle Jimmy. It's a complete line of all-natural men's grooming products with incredible ingredients and no harmful chemicals. That'll tighten up any beard game like you wouldn't believe. But I'm already... Listen, Sean, all I'm saying is chicks really dig a man with a soft-smelling, awesome, gorgeous, perfectly groomed, nourished beard. Okay, okay, you got me, Karen. What's in these magical products? It's not magic, Sean. It's just some dope-ass ingredients like black seed oil, to repair skin and prevent ingrown hairs and acne. There's also honey to moisturize the skin and hair and aloe vera to nourish and strengthen for that next level beardy shine. All right, you got me. I'm listening. I'm the veganish man that I am. These ingredients sound wonderful. Keep going. Well, Uncle Jimmy's brand new extra curl kicker, moisturizing shave cream and smooth glide shave gel are a perfect place for you to start. You can find them at Rite Aid, Target, Sally's Beauty Supply and online at UncleJimmyProducts.com. Yes, that means even an old, no, I'm sorry, an experienced boomer like you can do it. <laughs> All right, guys, I don't say this too often, but thanks, man. I really mean it. Um, I'm looking forward to it. You guys are the best. I'm, I can't wait to go to UncleJimmyProducts.com and hook myself up. That's right. You can even use code BGGC for Black Guys Good Credit for 30% off on your entire order. Just go to UncleJimmyProducts.com and use code BGGC for 30% off. Yes, I cannot wait. Looking forward to the new, shiny, smooth, sweet-smelling, moisturized, way better Sean. I'm there, Karen. I'm coming to blow it up, hook it up with my new products and my new-looking, wonderful beard. UncleJimmyProducts.com. Let's get it. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash banking for business to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Welcome back to Two Black Guys with Good Credit. Today it's Market Watch with Cadence featuring our guy Prath Reddy. He's giving us the lowdown on long-term interest rates. So, Pratt, how, how does inflation play into this? Is inflation a bond's worst enemy? Uh, yes, they are. Um, because you know, if you're if you're earning only two percent over thirty years in a in a treasury bond, and if prices increase more than two percent over thirty years, guess what? You lost money. <laughs> so, you know, they should always kind of track 
of you know inflation over the long term, and sometimes it decouples. Um, so you know, right now the the rates on long term bonds are going up because inflation are going up too because the economy is doing so well. So I would say, Pras, like you know, during the pandemic, the Federal Reserve has kept interest rates low, and now during this the long term interest rates going up. Is this a sign that we should be aware of that there, there's a fear of a, that an inflationary period could happen, prices could go up, interest rates could go up, and this is a way to us, kind of a signal alert to kind of be cautious. Because I always say, you know, we're going to be moving from the pandemic to panic, like, of, of the market <laughs> and worrying about, like, inflationary. Is this kind of one of those mm-hmm. pre-early signals that we should be aware, about, aware of, or should we just be like, ah, it's okay, relax? It's- it's okay. We should relax. It's healthy in in my in my view, because um, again, it's it's indicative of the economy doing well. Um, the Fed came out last week and kind of reiterated the fact that they're not planning to increase short-term interest rates, which is really what's in the Fed's control. That's kind of monetary uh, policy that's taking place there. Um, so as long as they're committing to the fact of not increasing short-term interest rates, uh, that goes to show that they're still accommodative. Um, they want to make sure that, you know, growth is still rampant. They, they want to see inflation increase um, and they'll let long-term rates you know, go up as they will. So if, if they came out last week and said, hey, we're going to start hiking short-term interest rates, then I think you would have seen just a crazy negative reaction in the equity market uh, that would have exacerbated all the sell-off. So no need, no need to put my passport out there yet to sell in the market. No need to move to Canada. Mm-hmm. No, not yet. I think you're good here. <laughs> you know damn well it's not time to move to Canada. <laughs> <laughs> when there's beaches and sun and, 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 and palm trees in Canada, that's when I go. When that time comes, that's when I go. And I'm staying right here in America. Is it possible for long-term interest rates to ever get out of control? Or is the point that they're always controlled? No, they can get out of control. I mean, we've been living in, in a historically low interest rate environment for the last you know 10 years since post-financial crisis. Um, but if you go back further in history, if you actually look at like a you know, 30-year interest rate chart, you'll see periods of time where they've spiked considerably, you know, call it 10, 15, 20% in some cases, because of you know, super high inflation expectations during the period. So they can certainly happen at any time. Um, but, the, but the way that the Fed regulates kind of short-term interest rates is meant to kind of make sure that that doesn't happen and to kind of keep the yield curve, kind of all the different yields at different points of, you know, the bond yield curve, treasury yield curve, um, you know, somewhat consistent so it doesn't run away from everybody. Because think about it, if there's 20-year, 30-year interest rates, right, or 20% 30-year bond interest rates, that means that um, your mortgage is going to cost you like 25% a year, which is just unfeasible for most Mm -hmm. people. How how are you going to afford that? It'll completely kind of derail the economy. So it's, it's important to kind of make sure that they're still at reasonable levels across the curve. But some people would benefit from that, right? Like if you're not looking to borrow money and you're only looking to lend money, then that works for you great, right? It can, but at that point, then you're starting to, you know, brush up against credit risk. Like not everybody can afford 25% interest rates. So, mm-hmm. you know, is, is it really uh, prudent to be investing in 25% debt? Right. So it's just bad for everyone across the board, even if you stand to make a lot of money. Yeah, exactly. Um, and the only way that would work is if, you know, prices generally across the across the landscape, whether it's a gallon of milk at the grocery store or buying a car 
or whatever it is, is also going up at that level, which mm-hmm. if, if it was, then we're in like a hyperinflationary environment, which is like what Germany saw post-World War II, where everything skyrocketed. It's not good for the economy long term, and it would derail a lot of you know investment and business activity. But you think that right now we're in a good spot? Yeah, I think we're fine for right now. Okay, thank God. <laughs> I was about to freak out, you guys. My bond. <laughs> what will I do with my bond? <laughs> yeah, we're still at super low levels. I mean, you know, two, three percent long term. That's that's healthy. Um, so if you're gonna buy a house, see. pull the trigger right now is what you're saying. Yes, exactly. Okay, got it. My house is coming right up. All right. Well, Kraft, we appreciate your cool hand, your your your, your calm demeanor, and, and your outlook, your positive outlook, and all the info on long-term interest rates. Sean, any, any final questions or final words? Yeah, I know this was like finance class, third year, you know, but um, I think there was a lot of great information passed on. Kraft, once again, thank you and thank Cadence for coming on board. And it's just for you guys to understand that what's happening in these markets. And as we try to do with these shows, simplify things to understand that these things, long-term interest rates, bond rates, treasury notes, they all affect you in some way. And there's a, there's ways in which you need to adjust what you're doing or, you know, or at least kind of be aware of your surroundings. Okay. So this is what this is all about. You know, you went back to college today, but it was a good class. Mm-hmm. It was good. Professor Prath with uh, Karen in the front seat. <laughs> and annoying. <laughs> and you annoying. Think- Hand up every minute. Well, you know me. You know damn well that's what I was doing. I mean, even if you know these things, there's something so soothing about your just tone of voice and general demeanor and the way you tell us it's all okay and it's all going to be all right and the pandemic's going to be behind us. And that just feels good to hear. So, you know, it's <laughs> worth it for that, even though I obviously totally knew everything we were talking about, obviously. <laughs> no, I appreciate that. I've made a living of uh, delivering both good and bad news in a very calm way. So I, <laughs> whatever I ask Prathy always gives me the cool response, you know, and I, I appreciate you, Prath. Prath is, <laughs> is ready for anything. Ready, ready for long-term interest rates to go up. Prath is who you it. want. Yes. In charge of your money. You, I cannot even imagine you cannot, you are unflappable, my friend. All right. Well, <laughs> That brings this Market Watch episode to a close. We want to thank Cadence and, of course, thank Prath, our fourth member of the band. Uh, in any uh, signing off, you want to say anything to your fans, Prath, before we sign off? You do have fans now, Prath. You're getting fan mail. I got to forward them to you. No, that's awesome. I'm glad to hear it. Um, you know, I'm just always ready to drop some knowledge here. And, uh, you know, again, I'm, I'm on the one yard line, China, waiting for that Hail Mary pass. all right well on that note for two black guys with good credit i'm matt smith signing off and like i always say nothing changes if nothing changes and these interest rates do change so we need to pay attention to what that means and uh we look forward to the next market watch with Pratt. so i'm out and i'm karen margolis one third debatably of two black guys with good credit and as i always say all that really matters is what you do next and I'm Sean Linda, the better half of two black guys with good credit. Hut, hut, hut. Maybe if you can't, if you're not, if you're like Matt and you can't catch that long pass, don't worry. The, the opportunity may be there. They may be going long. So, Matt, get your hands up and just be ready and be aware of what's happening, okay? So, like I say every show and all day, keep your money where it belongs, people, in your damn pocket, and I'm out. Follow us on tbgwgc at gmail.com. That's two black guys with good credit at gmail.com. And like I said, the last show, we're going to be doing a clubhouse. 
for all you fans to join in, and hopefully we can get even Prath and Prath. You gonna come to the clubhouse with us? Yeah, I'll be in the house. Prath is gonna be in the house, <laughs> the man. So we're gonna be we'll let you know when the date is coming. But send us an email so you can register and be part of our clubhouse. And I'm out. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. From a local business to a global corporation. Partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.